Adam and Eve chose sin. And from that point on, every human being in this planet is bound strongly to sin. Under the law, we have chosen sin, and therefore, that's the path we're walking to. We're walking to death. We don't have that much power to overcome sin because we're bound to it, and if we want to leave it, we can't because under the law, that's where we're supposed to be. Hey, welcome to Night Church, the Friday evening service of Praxis, the young adult ministry of the Loma Linda University Church. You're going to be hearing some great sermons, testimonies on this podcast that are going to encourage and deepen your faith. We are so excited that you're here, and I hope you enjoy this sermon, and so much so that you share it with someone that you love. Welcome. to be here. Can you raise your hand if you're happy? I am so happy. I love going on night walks. So being able to praise under the stars and the moon tonight makes me super excited, makes me thrilled. Um, But beyond that, I'm excited because I've been praying for tonight for a couple of weeks, maybe even a month. And when I was preparing for tonight, I really felt like God spoke to me. So I have the assurance that the Holy Spirit is in this rooftop and that he has a message, not just for me, but for many of you in here. Um, As I start, I wanna share with you that I did something a little bit crazy. I'm not super up to date with Instagram, but I was trying to follow the example of one of my mentors, Pastor Kelly. Um, Sometimes when she preaches, she tends to share a question on Instagram, and so I did that this morning. I um, I put a question on my story that says, what is something that shame has kept from you? And as I was reading the, the responses that I got, it really touched my heart and made me think about my own experiences with shame. And I'll share with you a couple of them that I got. One of them said, shame has kept me from sharing my testimony with others. Shame has kept me from believing there is something good for me in life. It's kept me from letting someone love me. It's kept me from walking away from people that are good for me. It's kept me from loving myself. It's kept me from moving forward slash forgiving myself. It's kept me from listening to God's calling in my life. I don't know about you, but I can for sure say that at some point in my life, shame has kept me from something good. And as I'm thinking about this, I remember one of my favorite books of all times and movie now too, have you ever watched a Red Redeeming Love? Woohoo! Yes, well, not that many people. Oh my, well, I'm sorry, I might spoil part of it. It's the greatest book slash movie ever, so I'm sorry, you're missing out. You should definitely go check it out after tonight. Um, 
But this book, or this, this movie, it's about a girl. Her name is Angel. She's the most beautiful girl in town. Everybody that passes by her wants to be with her, wants to marry her. And, but she's had a really rough past. She's been through a lot. And as of right now in that movie where it starts, she is working as a prostitute. She um, doesn't know how to get out of it. She's tried many times. She can't. And then on the other hand, we have Michael, a guy who's got fearing. He's a farmer. He's honest. He's hardworking. He's kind of good looking too, not going to lie. Um, and he likes her. He one day goes to the city, passes by her. He falls in love with her. And then he spends a lot of money and time trying to get to know her. He pays hourly to be able to just go up to her room just to talk to her spend some time with her and he does this over and over again and and he's like i can give you a good life i know all you've known so far is pain is men abusing you but i can offer you something better and she listens and she laughs and she's like well it sounds like everything i've ever wanted but it can't be true because nobody has ever given me that one day she gets beaten, abused by a man, and she's about to die. And he, Michael, comes and, and finds her on the bed. And for the first time ever, she's not able to fight him back on the marriage proposal, on the let's get out of here together. And so she accepts. He takes her, marries her, takes her to her, his house, which is far away from the city, and takes her, care of her for weeks. This woman is not able to even open her eyes from how bad the injuries are. She can't get up, she can't move, everything hurts. She has bruises all over her face, her body. And he takes care of her patiently. He has a lot of work. I mean, farmers have a lot of work, if you didn't know. Um, but he takes the time, and week after week, day after day, until you see her start being able to open her eyes She's able to breathe better. Now she's able to sit down, to eat. And in my head, when I was watching this movie, I was like crying. My poor friends were probably embarrassed of me. I was crying so much because I had seen her journey from a terrible background, becoming a prostitute, wanting to escape over and over again, to this moment where one person finally treats her the way she was meant to be treated. She was never meant to go through all of that. She was never meant to feel like she was trash. But finally, she gets a person who reminds her of her true worth and treats her the right way. And so I was so hopeful for her. I was cheering for her. And I was like, yes, finally, she's going to have the life she's always deserved. And then one day, she is strong enough now. She has recovered. And she decides, let me go back to the life I used to have. Because this is not it. There is no way this man actually loves me. And so she gets up, packs her things before he can wake up Michael, her husband, and she runs away. I am crying again at this point in the movie and I'm like, why, 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 just why? This is all you've ever wanted. Why would you run away? Michael finds her, he gives her an option, that way is home, that way is the city, you get to choose. 
and somehow she decides to go back and I'm again the hopeless romantic in me is like yes finally they're back together um, and as she comes back you know I remember that I was really happy and I didn't judge her at all as a character it's like it's okay trust issues is a thing you've been through so much it's fine he loves you the same way he looked at her the same way time goes by they start getting closer and closer together and now another character shows up in the movie now it's the brother-in-law now this guy has a lot of issues okay he needs to go to therapy he really has some things to work out on and but yet this guy thinks he has the right to judge her and he goes around reminding her every second of every day you're a prostitute you've done terrible things mm. you have a terrible background you don't deserve to be with him he's gonna wake up one day and leave you he doesn't love you and again i'm in the chair and i'm like don't listen to him come on michael loves you you gotta remember all he's done for you already like why would you believe this guy who doesn't even know you or michael that well he just walked into your life you can't let him tell you who you are or who loves you yet she didn't listen to me again and so she packed her things and she left again and again i'm beating myself up and i'm like why you had everything you needed and you wanted and that was perfect and you were healing and you were moving forward in life and you're going back to where you started why and in her head, she thinks that she can go back to the city and claim all the money that she never got and not ever go back to working as a prostitute. But she goes, she ends up being a prostitute again. Michael wakes up the next morning. He goes to look for her. He finds her, rescue her rescues her one more time. They get home and she's like unpacking all of her past. And I'm like, I'm horrible, I've done this and that. And he looks at her the exact same way he hurts, yes. He cries because he loves her, but he never changes the way he sees her or that he loves her. And again, I'm crying, obviously. I'm like, oh, this man is so good to her. Finally, they're gonna get a good ending, right? And so again, times go, time goes by. She starts to get closer to him. She learns how to be that farmer's wife. They're good. And then once again, a new character shows up, a new neighbor, and Angel, this girl, starts comparing herself to this other girl, and she's like, oh, that girl, she's so perfect. You know, she's pure, she doesn't have my past, she doesn't have my mistakes. She should be with Michael. She is the one that Michael should have as a wife, not me. Like, what have I ever done? And all this shame, and all these questions, and all these lies rush back into her head, and I'm like, why? Angel, why? He never said he wanted that kind of wife. He wants you. He loves you. He's chosen you over and over and over again, and you keep just putting yourself down and choosing for him. Why do you do that to yourself? Why do you keep putting the pain in your life, even once you've been rescued from it over and over again. And so, once again, she doesn't listen to me. She packs her things. 
and I'm just like, I can't watch anymore. I need to get out of this place. Like, I can't, I've cried too much. Um, but she doesn't listen. She packs her things and she starts walking away. More times than I would like to acknowledge, I have heard other people around me say, and even myself say, I am my illness. I am my addiction. I am my depression. I am my anxiety. I am my mistakes. I am what society tells me I am. I didn't really understand why she was leaving until I realized that Angel was representing me in life. And then I started questioning why do I and so many people around me keep going back to the places where we've been hurt, the places where we wanna get out of even after we've been set free. And so I found something in the Bible, Apostle Paul tells us, and he explains it even better in chapter, in Romans chapter seven, verse two, he gives us an analogy. He knows we're hopeless romantics, no matter what century it is, he knew he, we would understand this. And so he uses marriage to explain what we're born into. You see, Adam and Eve chose sin. And from that point on, every human being in this planet is bound strongly to sin. Under the law, we have chosen sin, and therefore, that's the path we're walking to. We're walking to death. We don't have that much power to overcome sin because we're bound to it, and if we want to leave it, we can't because under the law, that's where we're supposed to be. Jesus, God, looking at this scenario, sends his son, Jesus, and Jesus dies in the cross for our sins. Now, he doesn't die for sin, he dies for us because we are connected to sin. And by representing us, by us dying on that cross with Jesus and being resurrected, we become new people. And so Mariella, the one who used to be bound to sin, is now a new person. She's free to choose whoever she wants to marry whatever she wants to be bound to. She's a new person. I am a new person, you are a new person. And now you get the choice of whether you wanna be bound to this kingdom or that kingdom. It is not only through the death of Jesus Christ, but through his resurrection that we become new people and have the choice of being saved, of being set free. Angel runs away from Michael once and again and again. And it is not because of the lies that Michael tells her. He tells her he loves her. It is not because of the lies the brother-in-law tells her. It is because of the lies that she has made her own and she believes for herself. It is because she never let go of the past. It is because she was her past. She decided to be her past. And so no matter how many times she was told she was loved, she was seen, she was forgiven, she was enough, she kept going back to that past life. 
Stepping in a new life requires you to let go of what you're familiar with. Choosing to believe God has a plan to prosper you and not to harm you. Amen. Your hope Amen. in the future. Amen. Using the same analogy of marriage, there is no point on Jesus creating a whole new life for you if you don't truly step into it. What would be the point if you get married to somebody and you keep dating other people? If you live in your old apartment, if you look for somebody to meet every single day, there is no point. You can be married under a paper, but if you don't change your life, if you don't change the way you see and act, it has no meaning. It has no purpose. Now, awareness is the first step to healing, yes. You become aware of where you're at in life. You become aware of the fact that you're bound to sin. But there is two ways, two things you can choose from. There is repentance and there is condemnation. Condemnation makes what has happened and events into your identity. And repentance submits your sin to Christ your sin to Christ instead of you being submitted to your sin. Repentance sets you free and condemnation gives you death. It takes consistency, intentionality, and time because the lies and the things you've been bound to have been your life for what? 18, 20, 25 years, 30? So it's gonna take time to undo those lies and to believe that you can be here in this kingdom, that you're not your mistakes or what has happened to you. It's gonna take time and it's gonna take repetition. And like I said, intentionality, you have to speak the truth louder than the lies. You can't expect to believe the truth if you don't surround yourself by it. Angel kept going back to her past and the friends she would talk to and the men she would talk to. She had become used to connecting with people through illness instead of health. Mm. You gotta move on and move forward. And in order to do that and to have enough strength, you're gonna need Jesus. You're gonna need the Holy Spirit. And you're also gonna need people that when you go down and you start doubting and you start repeating, yes, no, but I have depression and that's all I will ever be. No, yes, but I'm a liar. No, but I'm addicted to porn. No, but I, I do drugs and I just did it last night. And so that's who I am. You need people to remind you, no, no. You are a son of Christ. Amen. You're a daughter of Christ. Yes. You made a mistake, but this is who you are. Yes. Under Christ, this is who you are. God didn't call the perfect to be his sons and daughters. He called those who believe in him. Amen. Amen. So tonight, church, I want to invite you to submit your shame to Jesus and not let it crush you. Do not let it. The victory, the option, the tide has been cut already. It's your choice who you want to be bound to now. And so tonight you get to choose to practice and to scream the truth louder than the lies. You are and I am a child of God. 
you're not your mistakes, you're not your sin. And I also want to invite you to be part of a church that reminds each other that we are first and foremost a child of God. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear God, we're here tonight close to you under the stars, under the moon. Father, we want to believe the truth before the lies. We want to be calling ourselves, we want to call ourselves your children before our sin. Father, we want to submit our shame to you and not be submitted under our shame, under our mistakes. Lord Jesus, please take us, take our hearts, take our minds. And may praxis be a place where people come to be reminded of who they are and not what they've done. Please be in each and every person's hearts. Transform them, set them free. May we step into life. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 Hey, thank you so much for joining us for the Night Church Podcast. We really are excited for where we're going, and you can help us in that mission. There's a few things that you can do. Number one is just stay connected. So if you want to follow up what's going on in the young adult ministry here at Loma Linda University Church, follow us on Instagram at Praxis Ministry. And then the other way to really build from this is to financially contribute. Your donations make such a big impact. And so if you go to lluc.org slash give, you can connect with Praxis Ministry there. On a one-time gift or a reoccurring commitment, it makes such a difference. Well, we love you, care for you, and may God bless you richly as you take theory and make it into practice.